Hello, everybody, and welcome back to another weird patch notes aside with me, myself, and I, Alex O'Neill, and my partner in podcast, Brian Nobish and Jackson. Do I make it weird for you? No, it's just weird because we have guests this time, which we don't normally do, uh, which is exciting. Uh, joining us today, the Cogswells, uh, hey. Jessica Cogswell and Andrew Cogswell. Welcome. Hello. Hi. Hello. Thank you for having us on. I'm really excited. Yeah. Let's go. Well, Jess, you know, your family forever. Once you're in, you can have... It's like a... The tattoo was optional, but I I appreciate that you committed to it. Um, but... Oh, yeah. Yeah. Just, just right on right on the left butt cheek. Yeah. <laughs> just got a big IP. The traditional placement. Coincidentally, yeah, it's where all of us have ours as well. But it was like, we didn't talk about it. It just kind of happened, uh, which is really... <laughs> convenient um but no yeah obviously always good to have you around and andrew i'm sure you've been on things before yeah i was on the last episode of irrational passions podcast you guys did with guests that's right for a year right i sullied you were the reigning champion <laughs> you can look it and up. then after andrew <laughs> left they were like let's not do that again <laughs> I, I think we missed it on game of the year it was like oh i think andrew was the only guest we had this year so like he wins yeah <laughs> yeah he wins He's yeah, I've hung out with like I've hung out with Quinn and Mike, and we talked about like bug snacks and uh, Crash Four and stuff. Yeah, so. we uh, we did an Among Us stream with Jarrett the other day. Yeah, yeah, which is apparently he did very well. Yeah, it was he did concerningly well. Yeah, <laughs> I mean we we played Secret Hitler with that dude, and I know his fucking game. <laughs> I've looked him in the eyes. I know what he's like. <laughs> God. Um, but no, that's yeah. So it's good. To, it's good to have like a nice full uppercut, but also kind of like. You know, because Nabishin's my hetero life mate, and you guys are married, so it makes sense. Yeah. It's mm-hmm. like also, a, my hetero life mate. Yeah. Uh, it, it just. You know, <laughs> it, I guess that makes us homo life mates, Nabishin? Whatever you want, man. <laughs> labels don't mean anything. Yeah, yeah, labels don't mean anything. We're redefining them on this podcast. Just like Mass Effect. We're talking about Mass Effect today, also. We haven't talked about that at all yet. Um. <laughs> The, the usual rigmarole, obviously, go listen to Rational Patches podcast. Um, Jess and Andrew are on Uppercut. We'll talk about that a little bit later. Um, and uh, if you don't subscribe to IP Presents, you should, because Nobish and I do stuff like this here all the time. Not all the time, but every few months. Um, and here we're talking about Mass Effect. Nobish and you just, you felt it. The, the thing is, this goes back a little bit. This goes back to December. And I don't want to talk about difficult times for you, Nobish and but we all were there at the Game Awards or whatever they're called now. Uh, we were, we all saw the Mass Effect announcement. I don't even yeah. remember what it said. Mass Effect will continue or something. <laughs> yes, that's um, exactly which which we made the joke of on on your last official episode of IPP. Um, but and, and it was it was a difficult time, and you haven't had an outlet to express those feelings. But you're still not going to, because we're not talking about any of that shit today. As far as we're concerned, there are three Mass Effect games, and that's what we're talking about today. Um, and, and it's more in celebration of the, the Legendary Edition coming out uh, in May, so probably pretty close to when this is going to come out. Um, and we're a few weeks away, and we're all thinking about it. We're, what better time to revisit Mass Effect than before we've all played them and remembered what the games are like? Uh, <laughs> So here we are. No, I'm I'm very excited uh, because there is so much. The, the thing I think a lot of us learned 
Uh, and the point of the whole novice and rigmarole is like, it's good times now. Don't worry about that. It's fine. We're here to talk about the good parts of novice. Um, mm-hmm. uh, the, the thing I want to... Uh, oh, seriously, like, who among us has played a drama? I believe Jess had played it, and Andrew I, started it, but didn't get too far. I played the first hour. I completed it. Wow. Okay. Nerd. Oh. Yeah. I thought we weren't allowed to talk about. It. We had like rules. You're the only one who said this, dude. I like, know, I'm, but, like I, that's why I'm here. I'm trying to enforce them. <laughs> this is partially why I wanted Jess on here because, like, I wanted that perspective. Okay. Because, like, it, it's a different perspective. It's am something... I the? Am I the only one who's who's played it all the way? Oh, I've never. I got it. maybe like halfway through. Ooh. Okay. Yeah. More it, was, it was a, it was a dark time in Novishin's life. <laughs> It was 2017, so yeah, a lot of good things, a lot of bad things. You know what I mean? What did you think of Andromeda, Jess? I think it's not as bad as people say it is, but it's definitely not as good as the trilogy. (laughs) Um, But it's not as bad as people say it is. I really do firmly believe that. Um, There's like a lot about it that's disappointing. and I don't know. I feel like if you were to play it now, if most people were to play it now, um, far away from the trilogy, they would probably be more accepting of it. Sure. And and like certainly since 2017, the I mean, since I like to think of it as the Watchdogs incident of 2014, uh, the the kind of the the troubling aspects of anticipation kind of snowballing into something terrible has just gotten worse and worse and worse you know certainly mm-hmm. we're living we're living in the thick of it right now um and and 2020 especially so like it's funny because we're going to talk about mass effect 3 day um of course and how mm-hmm. expectation played terribly against that game as well um yeah i don't it know makes you, i say it makes you wonder um how many of these games that have come out and have just completely bombed uh, we're gonna go back to and find enjoyable in like five years because I mean even in, in like in the last year we've had what uh, Avengers Cyberpunk Anthem was in 2019 though yeah, right it's yeah dead. it's gone yeah, yeah. <laughs> well it's gone now but it came out in 2019 yeah, yeah. is what I was saying mm-hmm. so in the last couple years we've had like all these big titles that everybody's been super excited for and yeah. they come out and it's just like oh I read it too. Yeah, as well. yeah, like, I read didn't it do too. as well as people wanted it to. Um, oh, for most people, yes. I was yeah, like, yeah no, there are definitely people who really loved it, but it was not like as critically acclaimed as people were expecting it to be. Um, mm-hmm. There were some critics that were pretty hard on it. It's hard, and though, just because that that is in that echelon of like twenty three million units sold still, and it's like it's hard. Sure. It's hard mm-hmm. to put it in that same camp as Anthem, which probably I mean I know it sold well. It was the best selling game of of the month that it came out, and it became the best-selling game of that year for a period of time, but, like, it obviously mm-hmm. dropped off. Um, then you could buy it for $4 at GameStop. Yeah, and a lot of people bought that game, man. Like, I spent 60 United States dollars on Anthem, but I also spent 60 United States dollars on Rage 2. So we all make mistakes, and we have to live with them. But um, I did not spend 60 United States dollars on Mass Effect Andromeda. <laughs> and I don't regret it. It's not worth $60. I will say that. <laughs> yeah, that's fair. Um, yeah, but I, we want to kind of focus on on the, the memories of what made Mass Effect 1, 2, and 3 special. What I was going to say is I, I, I think probably all four of us had 
as people that did play the games and love them um, had had a sa- similar reaction when the the date and stuff happened for the legendary edition just because seems like a lot of people haven't played Mass Effect before mm-hmm. uh, which is pretty surprising I guess to yeah. us on the in the grass is greener territory uh, what do you what do you guys think? I don't know about that I don't know. Yeah, I, I guess it's fair. The first one, like, you know, yeah, the first game is very intimidating, and yes. I would say it still is intimidating in a lot of ways. If you never played anything like that, because like I dropped that game so many times before I mm-hmm. actually like took the time to actually like, like, hey, I'm going to learn this, and I'm going to put it with the makeup. I'm going to like do these things to like see what the thing. Because like, especially at that time when I was first played it, like, um, it was it was it was a situation where it's like I have time for games and like um. You know, like this is so highly acclaimed, and people keep talking about it. She's just about to come out, so I guess I should just really put my foot to the grindstone and just try to figure out how this game is actually played. And when I did it, it you know, it's, it's history with me. So, yeah, I'm curious just to hear what you guys think. How do you think for for all these newcomers that uh, the games are going to be received well, or do you think they're they're going to feel dated? Uh, I, I obviously we don't necessarily know how Mass Effect One is going to feel now in its weird nebulous state. So um, they did recently say this week that they changed a lot about the Mako, and I know that's a pain point for a lot of people in the first game. Yeah, um, there's no more instant game over. Whenever you hit lava, uh, it controls better. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Um, mm-hmm. and I think when I hear people say, "Oh yeah, I jumped off Mass Effect One pretty quickly," the two things I hear routinely are the Mako is awful and I hate it, and I stopped playing. And the other one is, I feel like my skills don't do anything when I level up. Mm, um, yeah. Which I think are both very valid arguments for that game. Um, so them at least acknowledging that the Mako does not, or was a pain point, and uh, adapting and fixing it and updating it, I think is a really good first step for people to give the series another try if they fell off hard. Do you think people are going to... Because a thing that Mass Effect does that's really cool is that it, it lets you kind of carry your character over and your decisions over through each game, which happens more now than it did, you know, when Mass Effect came out. But Nobshin, do you think that's like a cool thing that a lot of people are going to feel is still really unique to Mass Effect if they are new to it today? I mean, like, uh, the thing about like the first game, um, and I, I've always felt this way. Um, ever since like, um, playing it for the first time going through two and then go to three two still being my favorite um out of all of them but like there is something very unique and very special about the first game um that like even now that like even though it's getting uh modernized and like um uh being more uh being made more of appeal for everyone um I feel like there's there's going to be something that's going to get lost just a little bit as far as like um, what made that game special as far as like ambition and as far as like um, what they were trying to do. And it obviously didn't work out for a lot of reasons. Um, uh, Like dialogue wise and even gameplay wise, like it's a mess in certain aspects. But like when you it's like it's like seeing like the diamond and the wall type of thing where you you just like see something special and they're like, oh, it has potential to to be here. And, like, you could say Mass Effect 2 did that, and you can kind of say Mass Effect 2 didn't do that. Um, that's why I say, like, there's, it's a weird bubble, particularly with um, Mass Effect 1. And that, that's, like, even, like, a discussion I'll have, like, after we finish talking about this. But, like, um, I wanted to have with you all about that. Mm-hmm. Just, like, 
the jankiness. I the thing is, I'm going like the thing I always remember going back to Mass Effect One more than anything is is the fact that it has no fucking checkpoints, um, and that game does not feel great. To and it's not great about telling you that you're getting hit. Um, so sometimes you just kind of gag over, you know, just you just kind of limp down, and uh, it's like, all right. Uh, where am I going back to? Oh, the beginning of Novaria. I was in the hangar after talking for four and a half hours and, and doing dialogue side quests and then driving the Mako to the hangar for 30 minutes because that was bad. And now I'm at the beginning of Novaria. That happened to me uh, twice. Uh, you know, shame on me. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, fool me once. Um, and I should have should have just did the manual save after I'd done all the talking in Novaria. But uh, they can take down that wall as much as they want in Novaria. If they don't add any checkpoints to it, that game will still feel like it's from 2007. Um, See, and that's the thing that I'm... I don't know. I think that as far as I'm aware, Bioware has always been very aware of what the community is saying about their games. Mm -hmm. Um, And they understand the feedback and they understand the components of all three of those games that people like and they don't like. And I first played the trilogy once the third one had come out. So I played them all back to back. Mm -hmm. Um, And the difference between each game is just massive. Like they, they are so vastly different in just how they control um, and and just like all of these little elements. So in theory, I'm just hoping for cohesion and I think that's going to happen. So I think that we're going to potentially see the best parts of each game in all of the games. Like the combat changes dramatically from the first to the second to the third. Mm -hmm. And if there were to be a trilogy, like this trilogy set that's completely remastered, I don't think that they would change like they would make it to where those changes still exist because that's very off-putting to somebody who is playing them back to back like there's a huge difference if you're watching a movie trilogy right and that movie trilogy you know one came out in 95 one came out in 98 one came out in 2003 like there's those jumps but if you're watching a tv show and it's all made at the same time and it all flows into each other it still feels the same from episode to episode so i don't think that we're going to see those big jumps and big differences I think that they probably will have checkpoints in all of the games. They yeah, probably sure. will have the same combat in all of the games. And yeah. as far as the the character creator and like having the character that carries over to the different games, I do think that the Mass Effect trilogy is still very unique in how they do it, especially in the second one when they allow you to completely change how your character looks and they have a rationale for it, which mm-hmm. like I had never done that before i was like oh man like cerberus found your body and like they're reconstructing you and and like that combined with the whole like eugenic story of miranda and like having that perfect form and and all of this and like doing that in the second one and then kind of thinking about like ooh, i changed this about my character is that like kind of weird you know because like i just made them more like what i want now um but yeah i don't know i think that the the character creation is really interesting i think that the way it carries over is interesting and i think fingers crossed we are going to see some of that unity throughout the trilogy and it's going to be 
a huge quality of life change and something that's very appealing to new people. I think one of the cool things too, like kind of tying into both of what, you, what you, wait, both things you just said is like they confirm that there's a one unified character creator for all three games. So yeah, you, yeah. So which is great because one of the big things with jumping from one to two originally and giving you that ability to change how you look is the character creator in two is significantly better than the character mm-hmm. creator in one. Um, so now having that unified thing across all three, I think even drives that whole eugenics thing home a little bit more. Because now you were like you had that option originally, and now you're changing it specifically for this game, mm-hmm. as opposed to oh, this wasn't here originally. I like this more. Well, and I think the fact that they have confirmed that the character creator is the same throughout the three games mm-hmm. also lends itself to confirming that other parts mm-hmm. of the game are going to be the same throughout all three of them, yeah. like the combat, like mm-hmm. the skill sets, like like everything is going to have that yeah. that thing that carries over. I really do. I. That's what I'm hoping. Like I said, I think that Bioware has always been fairly receptive to what fans and critics have said about their games. Um, They know that Andromeda didn't do well. They know that Anthem supremely did not do well um, and was panned. Um, So I think that they really are, they're going back to the trilogy because they're like, hey, like these were quality games. People are going to buy these. Let's not fuck it up. This is how we're going to fund the next one. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. It, It makes you wonder though, like, um, because essentially you will be restarting a new game every time regardless right so like um the tutorial aspects of like of each game um like how will that flow because like you, you're gonna have to learn how to shoot a gun again type of thing are you gonna learn how to have a run again and it's like like we already know this are you gonna streamline that part but like if you do that that means like someone like if like if i just wanted to go straight to two i don't give a fuck about playing one then like you know um, I will still need that aspect for it as well. Like, yeah. like, anyway, like, not every game could be Metal Gear Solid Three weeks. Like, oh, I played Metal Gear Solid One, I played Metal Gear Solid Two, I played Metal Gear, Metal Gear Solid Three. So, like, they could just skip the tutorials of that part type of thing. So, I get it. Uh, I, I think to Navishin's point, though, the idea of completely homogenizing things across the games does take away what makes each of them great, um, or at least it, it it can neuter it in some regards. But also, like. Aside from the character creator, I just, you know, th- this is still a, a remaster collection. So I think, you know, you're you're bumping back to a menu and selecting two on a list and then going into another menu. And and I think, like, the my anticipation is something like the uh, Metroid Prime trilogy where they, they kind of unified the UI to select the games and, and kind of went from there. Um, but yeah, I, I mean, th- that tutorial stuff I think is still going to be there. I think they're still going to feel like three separate games. Um, I'm curious how they would, if they just have a thing to take your save over so it doesn't have to ask, but then, you know, you got to think about multiple playthroughs and, and all the things like that. Um, yeah, I, I, I like how janky Mass Effect 1 is to some extent, um, but it is fun knowing that all these new people coming to it are going to probably get the best version of Mass Effect 1 at the very least. Uh, the version like, with checkpoints. Yes. <laughs> like, like, the thing I uh, was alluding to earlier was, like, um, do you think Mass Effect 1 should have just been a full-on remake rather than just a remaster? Um, and I say that in a lot of ways. Um, it's, like, as far as, like, um, like, like, the, like the, this one this I just thought about, like, just a few days ago, is just, like, um, Caden, for instance. Um... Caden in Mass Effect 3 could be a love interest if you were a male shepherd. So like like I felt like if they did like a full remake of that game, not not really adding a scene, but like adding like 
you know, allusions to like in Mass Effect One, where it's like, oh, they're kind of feeling each other here. Um, and then like when it gets separated in two, it's like, you know, whatever. But then like in three, it, that will feel like more co- cohesive as far as like um, them having a relationship rather than just like, um, you know, just it kind of just happening in three. Well, I mean, it was off screen, but Caden fell in love with that Krogan guy uh, between Mass Effect 1 and 3, and that's why he kind of, like, learned that sexuality is more of, like, a spectrum, and, you know, you can you can really open your heart up to it, and he kind of realizes his feelings for Shepard after that. I know it was, it was a comic book, Nabishin, it's fine. Uh, but no, I mean, I know nothing I'm about just, You know, nothing exists in my universe. I don't just, know. I made all of this up. This was a okay. joke. <laughs> but the fact that you believed it does tell me. Bioware, hit me up. I could write some some sexy comic books for you. <laughs> Caden and this Krogan, fuck in, the, in my comic book. Um, and, and like, like when I was saying, like, uh, you know, like as far as like alluding to it, as far as like in the first game, like not really like adding new scenes or or like even new dialogue. It's like you know, like they have a conversation, and then like um, Shepard walks away, and you know, Caden gives like a long look at him for like a you know like three seconds too long, and then like he turns around. Like, maybe that's, like, maybe oh, that's their impression. We don't know. And I, it's not gonna be <laughs> like even like Garrus or Tally, like because like you know like because the fans asked for it, um, they had a relationship in two, so like you know just like just a little bit more of stuff like that. I was just saying as a suggestion as like sure. I think you you open yourself up to. <laughs> I I kind of commend Bioware for this. You you open, when you take on the task of remaking it, you open yourself up to making it worse. Uh, um, and sure. maybe they're just not in the position to make that game better. Um, I think a lot of I, I like what they're doing. I've I've decided. I thought about it because I, I was in your camp. I understand logistically them. They're just not going to have enough money to do a remake. They're just EA's probably not going to give them enough money to do that. But uh, I so I wanted it. But now that I've seen how they're approaching changing Mass Effect One, I'm I'm into it. I'm excited. What do you guys think? Um- I wouldn't expect too much actual changes. I mean, it's like you said, Alex, it is a remaster, not a remake. Mm-hmm. Um, so I think that it is... Them taking going out a wall to... is honestly more than <laughs> I expected. <laughs> I'm not kidding at all. I think that the way the games play are going to be changed. Um, I, I do think that... I don't think that we're going to see tons of like dialogue and story no. changes, if no, any. No, no, no. Um But, you know, okay, so something that I've always liked, and I I know a lot of people disagree, but I'm going to take the stand and say I really like this, is that you can't romance Garrus in the first game. Mm -hmm. Because Mm -hmm. I love Garrus to death. Like, I I have tried to romance other characters. I tried to romance Thane because I also absolutely, I love Thane. Um, And I just, I couldn't go through with it. I got to, like, this. This is me with Liara. I get it. Yeah, I got to the sexy part with Thane, and I was just like, I can't do it. I, mm-hmm. I just, I'm in love with Garrus. I, I can't. I'm loyal to one man, my tall king. Meanwhile, I'm just, uh, I'm just popping all over the galaxy. <laughs> um, but something that I like is that you can't romance him in the first one because, yeah. like, you have that work relationship. You have that friendship. And it's kind of, like, almost nice to have that friendship that exists in the first one. And then you get to the second one, and it's like, oh, I'm starting to see you in a different light. And it makes for a better story overall, I think. Jess, I have a question to ask you. Garrus is just a friend's first kind of guy, you know what I mean? Yeah. Jess. What's the question? Can love bloom in space? Oh my god, shut up. They certainly <laughs> bloom on the battlefield, so. <laughs> <laughs> um, like, in the same name of Jess is like, um, you know, everyone knows I'm a Tally fan and, and everything, but like, um, like literally every time I play uh, 
um, the trilogy, like I've always started with Liara first because you know I always always have feelings with her, and like the arc of me being in love with Liara in one, uh, we separate, and then like me developing relationships with Tally, and then the Shadow Broker DLC where we have this conversation, this very adult conversation, by the way, about like, hey, we, we kind of drifted apart. I still have feelings for you and all, but like like we're different people now we can't make this work i'm in love with somebody else and then like um you know we expand on the three as far as like um me and like me and Liara being just good friends and like um tally being my 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 my, my main squeeze like um I, i'd love that and like um um and that, yeah like like mass effect is unique in that it allows some level of that agency uh to to like weave that that both those kinds of stories um and and that's cool like like i'm sure people had the the situation we're talking about with caden where we're like you know you have that that friendship and then the the kind of falling out that happens throughout two and then uh coming back together to romance and three like there's a lot of opportunity for kind of more personal player stories uh and i think that's that's what i was kind of thinking about with the whole save transfer stuff because mm-hmm. at the end of the day, it amounts to like, oh, one person is in this hub area that you can talk to that is possessed by the Rachni Queen, I guess. Uh, <laughs> um, and and you know, it, it really is mostly things like that. But when you think about the party members that you get to spend time with, and no other game is really, in my opinion, done it at least as well as Mass Effect. Like, the, the moments that you share with party members throughout the trilogy culminating in, like, the real feeling at the end of Mass Effect 3 of, like, we're gonna die and this is it and i love you all and i wouldn't want to do this with anyone else like mm-hmm. is really powerful because the stakes are are so high in a very like space operate way certainly it's dramatic but you know the 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 meeting garris as like a, a kind of want to be best best cop he can be on the citadel but like doesn't like playing by the rules to like becoming like renegade bros in our game uh, Mark in Mass Effect Two, you know he's a renegade, and now you are working with Cerberus, and uh, you get a, get to go on the most adorable bro date to like your kind of final moments in Mass Effect Three. Uh, it's it's really like for me, you know, in the the opposite side, Jess on the the male Shep side, like it's it's a really powerful friendship that I, I think about a lot, honestly. Uh, well, and that's what makes I think. That's what makes me love Garrus and hold Garrus in such high regards as a character. And one of my, I actually I can't think of another game that has a romanceable character like where that has like different romance options where I feel as strongly to one of them as Mass Effect mm-hmm. because Garrus mm-hmm. is your best friend. Even if you guys are dating, it's like it's he's still your best friend. Like yeah. you still have those moments where you're just goofing off. And of course, there's like added romance in there. Like you know, you're shooting the cans off of the bridge at the Citadel mm-hmm. in like three. And like it is like the well, no. <laughs> It's like you're doing that and it's totally casual. It's just being friends. And then he like turns and he says something like, you know, cute to you and gives you a kiss type thing. But it's, you still have like that really solid friendship. That's why I like that they don't push it in one. And then if you uh, let him win, he says, This is my favorite spot on the Citadel and it's a 10 out of 10 <laughs> joke. It is. It's very good. I'm glad Navishin brought up uh, Shadow, or mentioned Shadow Broker because I have played exactly zero DLCs for this whole oh, series. Man. Oh, really? Because oh. when I bought three, I was in college, I was poor, and so I played the game. And that was it. <laughs> did, you and even, it did you have Javik with you? 
the DLC character from the yeah, I know. memory doesn't know how to answer that. Uh, he's, uh, he's the Prothean uh, companion that you get in Master no, 3. No, I did not. Yeah, he's a downloadable um, content character, so yeah, that's that's yeah, pretty big. No so, Jessica, when she went through the series, she did it after 3 had been out for a little bit and had a few pieces of DLC, and so, like, bought Shadow Broker for 2 for her to play through, I think one other one and 2, and then we bought, like, Citadel. The Kasumi one? Yeah, Kasumi. Like, we bought a handful for 2 and 3, and she got to play through all those, and I was like, oh, I'll go back through, and I never did. Because mm. um, she's gonna make it better, dude. They're yeah. all included in Legendary, yes, though. Yep, yeah, they are, and like they were included in like the Mass Effect, Mass Effect box set mm-hmm. that we ended up getting for PS3. So, yeah, we have it. We just yeah, yeah we never played it. But again, like that's such a like I just played those games recently. I just got a PS3, so I had like tons of backlog to get through on that. So like I just never went back through. Um, so I'm, that's what I'm most excited about for Legendary Edition. Yeah, like, mm-hmm. oh yeah, all these quality of life stuff, but like. There's entire chunks of the story I have never experienced. Mm. Uh, Nabishin, I want you, n- not including Citadel. What okay. is the best Mass Effect DLC across all? Oh, Shadow Broker. Shadow Broker. Broker. Yeah, yeah. I could have answered that for Nabishin. <laughs> <laughs> what, what would you put down the list after Shadow Broker? After Shadow Broker, um, then it gets a little tougher. I think. So yeah, ones. yeah, because like uh, Leviathan is good in three, um. Bring down this guy in Mass Effect One. That's a good one. I didn't even know there was DLC for Mass Effect One. Yeah. Yes, they they introduced <laughs> the Batarians, which otherwise only come into play into two. Um, okay, but uh, yeah, I I'm like the thing is like Kasumi's DLC is, is I think legitimately very great. Uh, she's not, hot. I. It's probably, other than Citadel, my favorite DLC, which I know is, like, weird because I feel like it's not as highly regarded. Um, but I love, like, the whole heist vibe. Like, yeah, going to you get to go to, like, party. a fancy party. Yeah, it's, it's like, total spy shit that is... It reminds me of, uh, in Dragon Age Inquisition, like, the, the Wicked Masquerade. Hearts. Yeah, that's, yeah. It's, yeah, it's Wicked Hearts or whatever. Yeah, um, yeah that part is so yeah. fun where Mas- you have to like Mas- get the ball like parties in RPGs are like top tier. That's like favorite, yeah. one of my favorite level tropes. Yeah, <laughs> no, I honestly need more games where you go to fancy parties or masquerades um, or galas and yeah. and you sneak around and you know in, in your normal civilian clothes and you should just play Hitman. That's just No, that's it's like my it's I love it. Dishonored one has a very good masquerade level as well. I thought it did, but like again, short term memory, I don't remember, but I didn't want to say it in case I was it's, wrong. It's like uh yeah. there, there are three sisters and you have to figure out which one of right. them is your target by talking right. to I people. killed all it's of them. Good. Yeah, it's very You good. killed all of them? Yeah, I'm very bad at that game. Oh. <laughs> that is, you know that's... what else has a good level? Sly Cooper. I think it's the third one oh, yeah. where you dance with Carmelita. Yeah, mm-hmm. that's the second one. Yeah, that's very. A second one. That's right. That's right. Ooh, don't, don't bring no Sly Cooper. Lord, this. Yeah, don't. I, I have a problem. I have a sick problem. I guess Jess gets us though. She knows. Oh yeah, I I love Sly. I knew it was the second or third one, but yeah, the mm-hmm. whole uh, the dance with Carmelita. I I love that because it's like total Clark Kent rules, where it's like you put on the glasses and you can't tell. Yeah. She does figure like, it out woman. by the end, though. At least she does. But it's like you've been obsessed with this man for the past like what five years at this point, and he puts I mean, on. He's like that's no one knows who I am behind. That's the, the charm of Sly Cooper, dude. He just rolls so up good. a close range. You're in the the bask of that charm. You can't do anything. 
Absolutely. Um, the, but the, Mass Effect. The fourth game had a terrible <laughs> dancing minigame. All right, that's all. Mm. I just had to say that. All right, we're good. Um, Athene, uh, yeah, the Kasumi DLC is great. Managed parties are great. Very excited for... I have myself have not played half of the, the Mass Effect 3 DLC, so... Uh, I've only played Leviathan uh, and Citadel, so I've not played Omega. Okay. Um, okay. That's the only one left. Yeah. You got Ashes as well. I don't really remember Leviathan, though, because I played it like after the fact. Um, Leviathan is fine. Like, um, yeah, it's fine. Lore-wise, it's interesting. Um, but, you know... It's, it's, it's not that over. interesting, though, I think. Uh, I mean, like... Cause like, oh, see, now we're getting into it. Like, um, give it to me. <laughs> like, I, I think about, cause I think about this all the time. Uh, cause, uh, with, with three, um, cause like, it's, it's very apparent in, in this day and age, looking back to it, high size 2020 and all, everything, but like that game was extremely rushed <laughs> yeah. and like, um, uh, and like, I, and, I, and there's a lot of ways I see it, um, especially with like the writing, um, especially since I've been going through it like recently. Like, because uh, I remember this conversation in uh, Mass Effect Two um, about like dark energy. Uh, it, it was like um, uh, specifically with both Tally and like um, the Quarians. They were they were researching dark energy and like was like, oh, what is this? What is this new like thing that like is like a. Uh, like we're, we're seeing like suns die out here um, in the galaxy and we're doing research to find out why and like you see that you, you see that this was like, supposed to be a really big thing um that was supposed to be brought into three and like it just never was even brought up again so it was just like huh yeah it, it's just like uh it's, but there's just other certain aspects about uh three that seem rushed like the conversations and stuff like that um but replaying through three though like um for like the umpteen time but like um replaying through three um on pc um um i'm not, i'm i'm really loving it um but like um there, there are certain aspects that like i wonder if they're gonna like um kind of like iron out a little bit like the frequency of how you like have to unlock doors or um you know open notepads and stuff like that there's like um little like puzzle mini games that are like take like maybe like 20 seconds to do but they happen so frequently that it just seems like it takes um a long time to get through so like um you know, like I'm just curious about like how quality of life they're gonna make um the legendary edition. Yeah, I wonder. I think I wonder like because you think about something like Spider Man had like the option to just turn off mini games. Mm-hmm. Um, I wonder if that would show up in here. I don't know. That would fall into like accessibility settings. So I, I really don't. I don't know if they'll they'll lead into that. Like with two, like two, like scan the plan is a big thing in that game. Hell yeah! Like, make it faster. You- Let me do it more. Yeah. Yeah, we, <laughs> I love it. But like, I'm thinking about like, would they do something along those lines? Like, um, because like you know, like you go to a planet, you see the uh, the history about the planet to decide. You scan the planet itself, and like just get the minerals for it. You need the minerals for your ship, and you need to like uh, upgrade your ship so you don't die at suicide mission. So it's like it's it's, it's a very important thing. So I don't think they're going to mess with that. And then like even like with three with the galactic readiness stuff, um, I don't think they're going to change that around. Like I like dumb me history about me um when mass Effect 3 came out um you had to like you almost you almost had to play the multiplayer mm-hmm. to um actually get this galactus galactus readiness up to 100 percent. but mm-hmm. i was like fuck that so like there was like a mobile app you have to use a mobile app you have to use every day uh to get it to um <laughs> to get like uh, the, the galaxy clear of the reapers in every part of uh, every distant galaxy and you had to like actually like get like every side mission in the game and i did that 
it it was a lot, but I did it. So I got to 100 percent without even touching the multiplayer. And I felt very oh. proud of myself. Oh, I'm gonna miss the multiplayer miss so multiplayer, much. Yeah. It's a bummer. It's gonna feel so incomplete without the multiplayer. It was fun. It was it was it very was so good. good. As far as games go that are not multiplayer games inherently, but have yeah. that multiplayer option, it's like one of the best. It, it will not at all feel for me incomplete without the multiplayer, but I will miss it. <laughs> uh, <laughs> It's yeah. I I'm, put so much time into it that like that's such an integral part of three for me. Sure, you know? I, I know a lot of people who just fucking loved it. It was literally their game at the time. Um, yeah. Yeah. almost almost the Overwatch of its time, and it felt like because like people were so into it and just like oh I get to play a Solarian or a Batarian or yeah, the other races and and being able to kind of really use those powers in a in a fun way like combining them with other players and stuff uh and like i never played with like anybody i knew i just random matched and i never do that with games like multiplayer games i will only play with friends and that was like the one game that i would random match with people yeah it, it was simple and fun you know like it, it really didn't have to be anything more than that uh and they <laughs> it's one of those you know there was bioshock 2 had multiplayer didn't work God. out man but mass effect yeah. 3 i guess this one is okay that's just how it works out you guys 2012 was very di- there were online passes I, I can't even describe oh, to you what it was like about that and funny enough I think um, to tie into like our modern landscape now I think um, Mass Effect 3 was like the first like like popular popularized um loot boxes in that game yeah it was yeah. one of the one of the it was in that first wave mm-hmm. of the ea games that were going for it um, they were like let's do this before we do it with fifa <laughs> so <there's, laughs> there is something i want to talk about very specifically okay. uh mm-hmm. a, a character in 2021 ashley jenkins williams williams whatever it is jenkins was the guy that died she says Jenkins at one point because he yeah. does yell yeah. Jenkins. Yeah, oh, man, this, this is crazy how memory works, huh, guys? Um, yeah. <laughs> Ashley's racist, uh, and I remember, I remember always not liking her for this. And and to be fair, obviously it's a space game. These are different circumstances than the modern times. But I think how prejudice is approached in an RPG is always something interesting to talk about, right? Like. Mm-hmm. Elves and dwarves and the Witcher, you know th- things like that that always end up being surrogates for actual real life racism in the real world, the meat space that we live in. Um, how do you guys feel about Ashley? I just want Nabashin, How are you feeling about Ashley? Twenty twenty one, and and you know where she goes with Mass Effect three. I don't because she was dead in my game. I don't give a fuck about Ashley. Um, right. So, but you you didn't you have her? Wasn't there like a whole thing? Uh, where where you were on Team Ashley at some point? I don't know. Update me, Nobshin. Uh, yeah. Um, like even when I play through this again, like I'll definitely have Ashley with me. Um, uh, Ashley is complicated. Uh, she's complicated in a lot of ways, really, because like um, it it um, it's not like she lets you see it from her side, but it's like she at least explains why she feels this way. And not saying that it's right or wrong, but like um. You know, it's uh, it's basically like uh, her family's got shunned out uh, because of the first contact war. Um, the first contact war, her grandfather um, presided in. He was the only ship to surrender to the Turians, and her family's kind of been blacklisted from 
uh actually like uh you know to ascend or even be like even somewhat important they just get like a bunch of like grunt work jobs um uh, and that affected her as well so like she has a kind of a, a, a stigma against aliens and like she's very open about that um well the thing is which is also in mass effect one um and it's a scene that i don't think most people see um there there is a scene where there's like at the citadel there's a guy who's like just blatantly uh, this is like up front just being like hey aliens shouldn't be here <laughs> uh like uh like uh these guys are like um um there's certain there's certain things like there there's certain classes and like um we're the human class and there's like there shouldn't be any like turians or 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 Krogans or anything on or on the side. I can't remember what exactly what it was, but he was, he was a part of a certain group. He was a wealthy man. Um, he was storming a rally for that. And like, you know, Shepard comes up to him, he talks to him about it, and he's like, yo, what what's what's up with this? And he's asking Shepard for an endorsement. And if you, if you have Ashley with you, um, which I did, uh, she's like, No, like fuck this shit. This is fucked up, and like you shouldn't do this type of thing. Um like um so it's it's complicated, right? And most like most like for anything for anybody type of thing is it's like um i think it's easy to say that like um and this is from my view so please don't <laughs> go, no, go no, here. please we're all talking from just our own yeah. personal views here yeah um i, I think it's easy to just uh to say that uh she's racist and for a lot of reasons you can say that and i i i wouldn't disagree with you honestly but like i think there's just like a certain level as far as like um uh, how how it is I guess you was saying she's not beyond redemption, basically. Sure. That, that, and and I feel like um, obviously like when you have her in your party, and eventually when you get through the other games, it's like oh like um you have conversations with her, and she's like oh Tally's just basically my sister, and like it's just like one of those things that you grow and you know, and like um I felt she redeemed herself from um, where she was at the beginning, but like I can understand. Um, and especially in, in, in our modern standpoint, where it's like uh, you wouldn't want to give her a chance, and I could totally understand that. Um, I don't know. Like she grew, so that's how I felt about no, it. No, and again, I'm not. I'm not. I'm just playing a, playing a little bit up the role here. I like. Oh, you're having, fine. I'm you're I'm good. into more having a a more philosophical conversation. It's also interesting if you think about it. Before I'm going to throw it to you guys. Don't worry. Um, get those thoughts boiling. Those Ashley Jenkins <laughs> thoughts. Um, <laughs> I it, her if you think about Ashley as like you know one of your companions that you can take through the end of Mass Effect Three, you know her actions speak louder than words, right? Like if you're rolling with Ashley and Garrus, right? Like you know she's willing to ride with these folks till she dies, and, and in some sense, like I I would hope that some players took that if they they did really like Ashley as a character or maybe connected with her and connected with her journey of 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 redemption. Uh, that that kind of the meaning of the significance of her being there at the end as an option. Uh, I hope that that plays out for those people, right? Like, I, I hope that's enough. Um, and I'm I'm actually genuinely curious about like the because you get to have this great final final conversations with everybody. Um, mm-hmm. And I remember Liara's pretty much only, um, but I'm curious about what Ashley's would be. Um, and if you can talk to her about that at the end, um, Jess, Andrew, what do you guys think? How are you feeling about Ashley 2021? I think that Ashley is an op, like is a learning opportunity in the game. Honestly, I feel like 
in each of the Mass Effect games, you are kind of presented with two human characters, in the first one it being Caden and Ashley, that are comfortable. Um, you know, for for people, obviously we are humans. Um, and so you see those characters and you immediately have that like, oh, like I, I, I understand this. Um, whereas with maybe the other characters, it's a little bit more mysterious or, you know, and like all of them are still like fairly humanoid, right? Like Liara essentially looks like a human woman, but has mm-hmm. tentacle hair. Um, so, I mean, it's not like a crazy reach, but I think that in a sense, because you do have those human companions, you have Ashley who acts like how, unfortunately, a majority of humans would act about aliens, like having that sort of hesitance there, having that sort of like closed-minded mentality, that xenophobia. Um, and then seeing her kind of still work with with people who are different than her and then getting to the third game and being like, hey, I realized that how I was acting was really awful and that these people have risked their lives for me i've risked my lives for them i have a connection with these people and like that that initial comfortability that we have with these people maybe in the first game we lose it by the third one just like she loses that like that inherent you know what i mean Mm -hmm. so i think that there's there's potential for growth there and i think that she's like this through thread in the series that you know if you keep her along for the ride maybe teaches us a lesson unfortunately i do like caden so i feel like like i don't (laughs) know like is a strong word but i just like i like he's just a little bit more charming and like likable than ashley in the first game so i feel like i usually always keep him um but i've seen clips of ashley in the third game and i've seen like kind of the redemption story and how she grows as a person and i think that there is merit in that um and i think that it's a really good lesson for us human players who might be playing the game and sticking with comfortable options and and feeling a certain way about things um it's kind of a a way to reach the third game and they're like you know i hope you feel a little bit differently now maybe if you were if you were like that in the first game yeah yeah, I, I echo a lot of what Jess said. Um, I don't like Caden, so I keep Ashley. Um, but I, I think that Ashley represents, like Jessica said, Ashley represents um, a very real aspect of what humanity would be like if we actually did encounter like a lot of different alien species. I mean, look at how big of assholes we are to each other. No, exactly. Down. You know what I mean? Yeah. It's yeah. like you really think that like, yeah. humans would be such dicks about it. No. They would be. It's, and it sucks. It's unfortunate. It's, yeah. it's awful. That, but it's like the second that you encounter something that's different, or I, mm-hmm. I say you, like I'm not meeting anybody doing this yeah, podcast, yeah, yeah. but like in, in general, like that, that theory of like, oh no, it is something different. I don't know how I feel about yeah. it. Mm-hmm. Like, immediately you put your guard up and like that's just a human thing mm-hmm. and yeah and, and, and like i think like i said i think she's a she's a represents a very real aspect of if this was real a reality um and having her be a potential party member um makes that a more uh, it enables more real dialogue rather than just like oh if it was a side mission about you know some xenophobic assholes like having her be a potential party member and getting to watch her her growth over the course of the games um, makes it better is like a weird way of phrasing it, but I think it, it does, it serves more of a purpose having her be a party member. Um, like I said, rather than just like a one off side mission or like, Oh yeah, some people are racist. Like, you know, it, yeah, it just drives that point home more. Well, yeah, it also drives, you know, it's like you said, it's, and I think that this is just a problem in general with racism, right? Is everybody feels so like detached from it. Like, it's mm-hmm. not like, oh, some people are like that. So, so it's like when you have somebody in close proximity mm-hmm. to you who has those beliefs, mm-hmm. like 
you have you're faced with it and you're like man like that's that sucks like i don't like that this person has that like i i want to call them out on that because i think that that's kind of a shitty way to behave and like you kind of get to with ashley which is nice because it forces you to like to face that oh especially because like the majority of your party is not human yeah Um, so the chances of you uh identify like really liking characters that aren't human turns you or is, is higher and therefore mm-hmm. like makes you look at ashley with more like disdain mm-hmm. you're like oh i i like these people like they're cool yeah like, you like need- what's your deal yeah exactly. um and it p- kind of points that spotlight on her racism a little bit more because of that which i think is important but it's also interesting too when you think about it because like you kind of have the option not i just really just really think about it now you have the option to be almost a racist yourself in this game where yeah. you can just like kind of just disdain you'll have rex and garrison in your, in your party but you like you'll you begrudgingly put them on your ship type of thing and like yeah. even in two it's like you're you could be this pro-human and it's like fuck aliens is like type of thing like mm-hmm. like it's it's almost interesting and almost kind of problematic now think about it like um how you could take a role and like um see how this all plays out I mean, well, I mean, that's like Severus's big thing, right? Is like yeah. they're very pro-human, and like so, like that. I like, mean, kind of aligning uh, aligning yourself with them is problematic. Severus is essentially almost like a like a human supremacy organization. Yeah. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Like especially with like the parallels with the fucking eugenic stuff that they yeah. do. Yeah. Um, with with white supremacist shit. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Like they are very much like this this horrible operation um and i mean that's part of the reason why like miranda gets out of it you know Mm -hmm. and she is incredibly traumatized and you know dealing dealing with all the stuff that she's done and supporting cerberus um and then i mean even in the third game you have the option to essentially be responsible for the genocide of the krogans if you do not like give that cure um, yeah. Because you decide, like, because I mean, that's the whole thing with the Salarians, right? Mm-hmm. Is they're like, nah, they shouldn't be allowed to reproduce because you know we we don't like their how how spread out they are. We don't like that they're taking over. How yeah. fast they reproduce, blah 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 blah. Um, and you get the option to side with the Salarians in that in the third one, yeah. or you can actually cure them so that they can you know continue living yeah. um, and mm-hmm. they won't become extinct. Yeah, even the destroy option, like if like if you play the game to the point where it's like. You know, like the Geth are pretty much people and are AI and they're alive and like um they're they're people that you want to like help and represent and then like at the end you can just pick destroy and just like just not deal with them anymore. <laughs> but you have yeah. to get rid of the reapers, so uh, I don't know. You That's have pot- no, I mean you're totally right, Nabishan. Like you have the potential in in that series to lean into the the shit that Ashley believes in. Yeah. You can be a horrible mm-hmm. person in those games, yeah. um, all in the click of the button. Yeah. Um, real quick, I think we should mention that this is going to have spoilers in it. Don't worry, they'll, they'll know. We are deep in this. We're, we're deep into this, if you hadn't realized yet. Whoops. Um, we've, you know, to be fair, we've, we've been keeping it pretty vague. It's so weird because, like, all of these things are. I feel like they're so known, but again, it's going to be a trip no. for a lot of people for the first time. Like I said, it was it was it was a joke. Oh, uh, I mean, that's how it was when I played Final Fantasy VII Remake, and I saw all these people like like freaking out about certain things. I'm like, oh man, like that's just the game. Like you didn't know that. Just wait, sweet babies. <laughs> just wait. Yeah, just yeah, wait, sweet summer child. You thought you had uh, tears in you now. How are you feeling? Yeah. Now? Um, it, it's funny. I don't know, and maybe I'm in the wrong for this i'm I'm certainly willing to be called out for it but like i think it would be 
it's interesting to be able to explore that problematic space in Mass Effect uh, because it is so uniquely tied to everything that's going on, right? Like, the 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 weird, sad part about it is that, you know, Shepard, in, in many advertisements for this video game, is a white dude that rolls around and saves all the other alien races. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and they... It's not really until Mass Effect 3 that they play around with the kind of Chosen One storyline stuff that, that I'm not really... I don't think needs to fit into Mass Effect at all. Uh, but but there is, like, you as a human in this game get a lot of agency over the future of many of the alien races. Um, and what I like is that, you know, in, in your, your greatest hopes, Shepard, who is this person who has invited all these different races onto his ship, is probably the the cool-minded at least friend to all of these these things and these nations and these people to to make these kinds of choices but you can also explore the the Cerberus shepherd you know like that can exist as well uh i'm curious what that stuff would looks like more in mass effect 3 because like by the time i got there i was pretty pretty set on a path uh yeah. but like when when service really becomes kind of a, a a full frontal enemy if i may Mm-hmm. Uh, I'm curious about how dialogue and, and and choices against alien races look in that game. Uh, it's, it's also interesting thinking about like um, I don't think it's the, the same level um, as far as being oppressed and stuff like that. But like humans in Mass Effect are kind of like um, you know seen as second class citizens, or at least at the beginning, at least I should say yeah. the first game really brings that home a lot about They're like a uh, new class to the galaxy. Yeah. yeah. So. Um, like it makes me it makes me really interested like um or if this was redone or whatever like if when mass effect continues i guess you could say like um i wonder like how the social commentary will be in that game because like it's it's so different from what it was um what 10 years ago or maybe in 15 years ago yeah so it's, it's like yeah so i'm wondering like how that discourse and how that dialogue would even happen um these days like um yeah, it's just interesting. Well, and I think to kind of go with what Alex was saying about, like, kind of finding it, I don't know, good is the wrong word, but, like, that the problematic options exist because it, I don't know. I mean, you have to have the bad to, like, kind of appreciate the good, I guess, in a sense. You know yeah. what I mean? Like, it's, like, you have to have that there. And at the same time, like, that path is more difficult because like stuff like the galactic readiness, you need to have allies and your allies are not all humans. Mm, So it's like, if you, you are making your life more difficult, if you lead a life like that and like, and I don't necessarily like it when games like are super heavy handed with commentary, right? Like all games are political. I'm not saying that, but this, like it's, it's nicer to have a game that it's a meta commentary. It is inherently there. Like you will feel it. You yeah. will feel that it is more difficult if you live that life. And that is, and it's just how it is and how it should be. And that's true. Like you need to be an open person. You need to be accepting. You need to be loving because if by the time you reach the end of the game, if you haven't lived a life like that, it is infinitely harder for you. Yeah. And it, it's, it's a part of the conversation in Mass Effect 3, right? Like, because mm-hmm. the finale of that game takes place on earth. Spoilers. Uh, um but like that there is there's definitely like i remember the conversation the you know 
paraphrasing here uh, with the Quarians of like, why are we going to roll our fleet up to your fucking planet, dude? Like, what the fuck are we going to do with you? Um, and, and it is a conversation that you have to have with with all these people, and the, it feels interesting, even if it has like a little bit of the illusion of nuance, you know, about it with, with a lot of things in, in kind of RPGs because there's not as much choice as, as you wish there was. Um, but Mass Effect, from it, it's very you know navy and military kind of point that it comes from, uh, has a good time exploring a lot of those things and i think it does a good yep. job and i'm One thing to see how people you know respond to to all that kind of tying into all of this one thing i'm excited to re-explore with the legendary edition is uh is the salarian krogan issue mm-hmm. uh, because you know almost a decade ago i didn't think about imperialism yeah ever uh <laughs> And the Krogans are kind of painted as, like, imperialists. They just kind of go and take things. And, like, that was the reason behind the genophage was to, like, stop that. But at the same time, like, that's eradicating a species. <laughs> and, like, I'm excited to look at that with a new lens that I have developed over the last decade just from becoming and like older and expanding my views, you know, and, and seeing how I feel about it now. That 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 also the Genophage project was a joint thing between the Turians and the Salarians, right? Like, yeah, there is there's culpability that goes around, and and the few oh, Turian no. characters that you get to talk to about it are have interesting viewpoints as well. Yeah, there's a lot of interesting conversations in the elevator with um Garrison um Rex Rex. Yeah, um, well, I, I know specifically with um Morden, like that's his you know big that's his big thing, and so like I'm excited to revisit all of that in three because I think I'm going to view it a lot differently than I did when I mm-hmm. was 18. <laughs> um, so, yeah. And I think that the game's criticism that's going to come out following this game and in the conversations that are going to be had about colonization, about imperialism, about how militant the game is, mm-hmm. um, you know, I mean, it's, it's it's like I said earlier, right? All games are political. This game, is, this series is incredibly political. Yeah. And, mm-hmm. you know, we're getting to a point where, like, luckily more people are recognizing that now. Um, and so I think that we're going to have more interesting conversations rather than, oh, space shooty cool. Yeah, no, for sure. Yeah. Um, we have to wrap up because of an unforeseen uh, time zone mix up. <laughs> but okay. uh, I want to go around real quick. I want one thing that you're very excited for new people to see, and one thing you're really excited for yourself to see from everybody. Do you guys I have? have one? I've, I, I've been thinking yeah. on this, so I can go first if you guys like. I yeah, have mine as well. I've got mine, so yeah, we can go in any order. I, uh, a thing that I'm very excited for people to hopefully get into, and it's my one of my top three favorite things about Mass Effect, is the science of Mass Effect. I love the science of Mass Effect. It's great. It's beautiful, beautiful nerd shit. Everything about Element Zero that that strong-sounding man can read to you uh, in the Codex <laughs> with his strong male voice. It's a very calm, strong voice. It's just powerful, you know what I mean? <laughs> it, yeah, just, yeah. it has strength in it. Um, everything about Element Zero, everything about how the technology works, everything about the mass relays and the, the relay 
kind of network. It's just the best. I'm very excited for people to kind of fall in love with the world uh, that that they build with those tools. Um, and a thing I am looking forward to the most for me uh, is re-experiencing the Liara romance option as a more mature, older gentleman. Yeah, uh, and and like. Also, like, through the perspective of all the different romances I've played in video games since, like, last time I played Mass Effect 2 was probably, like, 2016, I feel. Like, I, I played a good amount of it relatively recently, maybe a little bit sooner than that, but, like, I never played 3, I didn't finish 2, um, and I didn't play 1 at the time, so, yeah. I'm excited for that. Andrew, what about you? Um... Specifically, I'm most excited for Kayla from Uppercut to experience Mass Effect for the first time. Mm-hmm. Um, Kayla is a huge Destiny fan, so loves sci-fi. Yeah, I play Destiny um, with her frequently. Yeah, loves RPGs, and it's just it's just one of her blind spots that she talks about all the time. Um, and she's waiting for Legendary Edition to jump on, and I'm really excited to watch her experience that journey because I think it will really resonate with her. So having a close friend like experience it for the first time is going to be really special to watch uh not to interrupt you um andrew but like i just had that recently like almost a year or two ago my best friend on uh, katie uh she yeah. went through the entire trilogy so like um nice uh that's, that's texting back and forth and like her experiencing and yeah. making some pretty dumb decisions but we love her for that so <laughs> right during the suicide mission who died yeah. uh, no no one died uh but, like, but uh she never she she immediately sent out um legion so it was Geth AI all the entire wow. Mass Effect three. So wow, yeah, that right. sucks. Um, yeah, so I'm excited. Just I'm excited to see Kayla like experience it. Um, I feel like Kayla's yeah, really think, like Thane. Is this, I, am I, am oh I my wrong? God, in she's that? gonna love. No, she's gonna love Thane. Okay, um, <laughs> because Thane is bad for her. Um, <laughs> I Thane is fantastic. No, I love Thane. I love her Thane. though. Like literally, yeah. it's the only option in that relationship. <laughs> yeah. Um. And as far as, like, personal, I've mentioned a few times, like, I do not have great memory. Um, and so I have a lot of, like, really bl- bad blind spots with this series. Like, I remember very specific things, but, like, as a whole, I don't remember the series very well. Um, so I'm incredibly excited to replay and, like, remember things as they happen, but also look at it with, like, a new critical lens that, like I said, I've developed over the last decade. Um, working at Uppercut and, like, broadening my horizons and you know being experienced new viewpoints um so i'm excited to revisit it with a new critical lens um and like i said just fucking remember the game in general yeah so yeah jess so i briefly mentioned final fantasy 7 remake earlier um you because... had to you're like congratulate ob- yeah contractually it's written in fine print right under the ip exactly. tattoo exactly (laughs) but one of the uh coolest things last year literally last year because today today is one year um was seeing all of my friends kind of find their character that they loved um and and like that little story that they loved and so i think for me the most exciting part for others is going to be like figuring out who like oh like i have to romance this character they're so great they're so great you know or like or i don't know like people finding that thing that resonates with them or that character that they love. And I just want to, I'm excited to see like the tweets and get the texts and, and see what really draws people in. Um, Cause it kind of, I don't know. I feel like depending upon the things that 
you like. Like it kind of tells me a little bit more about your personality, you know? Definitely. Um, and so I like that. I like seeing what people take away from these experiences. As for myself, I am incredibly excited to meet Archangel in uh, Mass Effect 2 because that is still one of the top tier moments of that series for me. I remember watching or watching Jess play uh, Mass Effect 2 and as you get up to meet Archangel, she's like, oh my god, it's him, isn't it? Oh my god, oh my god, oh my god. And like almost hyperventilating. <laughs> you know, it, it's many characters, it happens with that game. There's just a moment you're you're looking kind of at the ground you look up eyes meet and they they only ever have to say one word yep. shepherd shepherd mm-hmm. yep. <laughs> so i mean meeting him in mass effect 3 though is the same way too yeah, yeah, like i you run up to him and you're just like oh my god hi honey no let's well, just say <laughs> shepherd and you're just yeah <laughs> um oh what were the questions again sorry uh, what are you most excited for new people to experience? What are you most excited for yourself to re-experience? Um, it's funny because like um, like this series in general doesn't like really leave my <laughs> my gaming space. I guess you would say like like I've been like I've been saying like I've been off and on playing um PC modded versions of um the trilogy. Um, I'm almost done with three now. Uh, just doing that. Um. And seeing that, like, I think it's, like, super cool. It's, like, because, um, like, I, I'm not going for, like, any, like, story changes of what you can kind of do in 3 with mods, but that's that's, that's nonsense for me. Uh, it was more of just, like, doing some visual upgrades and, like, um, seeing it in 60 frames and, like, um, having a good monitor to have it on and, like, seeing it upgressed and looking great. So, like, um, it's, like, oh, I can kind of see Tally Space through her mask. That's awesome. Um, <laughs> uh, but, like, uh, you know, I, I think seeing the game in the best possible way um that's like the thing i'm happy for most people to see yeah uh, um because i like it's, it's it's a general conversation that like i have a lot with people it's kind of like with kingdom hearts where it's just like oh man this is the one i'm gonna get into and it's like don't don't give me hope don't yeah, even like don't hurt me <laughs> don't, 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 don't fucking play half a one and then never talk to me about it again roger recording <laughs> i'm looking at you <laughs> And it's like, oh, like I'm gonna play the series, but I'm gonna start with two. Don't start one. I'm like, don't do that type of thing. So like, um, um or dupe. If if it gets what? you to play it, like just fucking play them all. I don't give a shit what order you do it. One is so worth playing. Yes, I hope people yes. play it. Saren is such a good villain. Yes. Anyway, Navishin, you can continue. <laughs> I, I just need to defend one because Saren is very cool. Saren one is very good. It yeah. took me a second to get into one. I had to basically get to like the shootout in the uh God, what's it even called? Like the club on the Citadel. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Like Omega. once I got a Omega. Omega. Yeah. Yeah. Once I got past that, yeah. I was hooked. Mm-hmm. I uh, I played through Mass Effect 2 first, uh, as Navishin knows, so hmm. So I, I had this I weird other Rex, and I was like, I, I can't do this shit. <laughs> Bizarro Rex. Yeah, it's like <laughs> green Rex, and he's like not cool at all. He's like a narc. I hate him. That's his brother. Yeah, um, well, he sucks. Or not, whatever. <laughs> not Rex. Yeah. Can um, I add something to my answer? Yeah, sure. I am excited to play through the whole series with one character, because I lost my save file after I beat mass effect one so i mm. only carried my two character to three so i'm excited to actually do one all the way through i'll get that comrade verner um <laughs> through <laughs> games that that's very good yeah. um, 
hope you can see all that. Um, and, and one other thing, um, I want to bring up. Uh, we're, we're we're wrapping up, but like, I just want to like bring up this uh, this this in general because it's been interesting. Uh, it's been something I've been thinking about since like even like after right, right before two right before three came out actually because like I got I got to it um I beat two before I got before three came out um the Batarians just just that race in general um is it's a very interesting like a uh, viewpoint looking at them um because like like my my running joke with the Batarians are, are like they're the assholes of the of the universe everyone hates them. everyone hates the Batarians um. Uh, like in in the first game, there you don't see them until the Break Down the Sky DLC, and like you see them as terrorists. Um, uh, and then like in the second game, um, they're pretty much they're always like the antagonists in the Mass Effect game. So like I'll and like then you do the Arrival DLC, and like you kind of wipe out almost their entire race. So like I, I always thought in Mass Effect Three, it was like, oh, this would be so interesting if like the Bater- they had like a Batarian crewmate because that'd, that'd be like a, such a weird dynamic and like um. Um, that would be like so interesting to have in that game, but like uh, we got Javik instead. It was good, but like I'm just saying, just like uh, all other marginalized groups, they were forgotten again. You fucking Bioware. <laughs> no. I the Batarians do get the short end of the stick always, and there's never really a resolution on that. Yeah, I, I almost feel like it's, it's, a, it's a running joke, but like it's, it's not. I, I doubt it. I doubt it is, but like um, I, I just thought I thought that race was just very interesting because like in three there there's pretty much like maybe like a hundred Batarians left. In, in total, um, yeah. out of the entire out of the entire universe, will think about that. So it's just like something like so small, and they're like they're barely even there, and they're not really representing that game either. Um, I don't, wow, I don't even know why I brought this up. <laughs> it's good. We haven't mentioned the Batarians, or else they would have been forgotten. Obviously, I'm glad you brought him up. Yeah, I, I was just thinking about the odds we were talking. I was like, oh, the Batarians. Last final thought: Don't forget the Batarians, like everyone else did. <laughs> um, that's it. I, I do really have to go. Um, but I, before we go. Yeah. Um, uh, Andrew, Jess, please, Uppercut, tell us about it. Tell us what th- the folks should know about. Uppercut is a games criticism site that uh, focuses on analyzing games through the lens of different marginalized folks. Um, and yeah, we uh, we have... Huh? I said like the Batarians, I'm sorry. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, and we have a lot of cool stuff coming in the next few months um the, course so, of the rest of the year honestly yeah We've got the year planned out yeah well not like completely no, but we but have a few projects some... up. but no it's uh so yeah if you want to follow us you can follow us on twitter at uppercut crit we also are on instagram with the same name you can go to our website it's uppercutcrit.com or uppercutcrit.gay um nice <laughs> because we paid for that Excellent. uh because we're messes <laughs> and you can follow me um at a wild Jessichu. I am the managing editor over at Uppercut Crit. I do a lot of freelance work. I also, by the time that this episode is coming out, am doing. Uh, I'm a news contributor over at Gamespot. Woo! The best, absolutely the best. <laughs> um, yeah, I, I'm I'm the white man at Uppercut. Uh, marginalized folks and one white guy. Um, <laughs> it's like three men and a baby. Uh, yeah. <laughs> you are the token white guy. Congratulations. I am the token white guy. Um, I'm I'm a sometimes host, uh, video editor, and uh, all around husband to the <laughs> Uppercut crew. And you can find me on Twitter at Cogs the Well. Yeah, that's it. I don't work at Gamespot. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, right. we forgive you for it. Um, uh, thank you. <laughs> 
Send my boy Andrew some love, man. I, he does a lot of great yeah, work. Yeah, he's not that he me, so, He's the only please. person that watches my terrible, boring streams. He just comes in there and keeps me company. <laughs> no, I'm just teasing. Uh, teasing myself. <laughs> um, uh, thank you both for coming. We love you very much. Both of you, obviously, family. We love you. Uh, thank you guys so much for having us. Always a pleasure, my friends, especially when we get to talk about your favorite things. Um, follow Nobishin at Nobishin186 on Twitter and Instagram. And follow me, Alfighter27. Uh, go listen to Rational Passions podcast. Check out rationalpassions.com. That's it. I got to go. We love you. Goodbye. Goodbye. Bye. Bye.